This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. We are still talking about the election and the red wave that never came. Now on the line with us is Melissa DeRosa. She is the former secretary to Governor Cuomo. She's also a Democratic strategist based in New York City, also a columnist for the Daily Beast. And you have a lot of writings uh, that you've been publishing, and you've been pretty right on target, Melissa DeRosa. I just want to know what the heck happened yesterday. What happened, Melissa? (laughs) In New York or nationally? I mean, I no, think. No, let's a, go to New York. You're the expertise in, in, in Albany and New York. What the heck happened? So I think New York is a pretty interesting case because, um, to, to your point, the red wave that everyone predicted sort of didn't come to fruition anywhere but New York. So in New York. Uh, only in Nassau, York, Suffolk, really. Well, Nassau and Suffolk, and but the then congressional you saw in the seats Valley. across the state, and, and not even that yeah. much in not even that much in Suffolk County because uh, Zeldin won fifty eight to forty two in Hudson. He was not wiping out the opponent the way Hochul was in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. It wasn't enough to make well, up for the city. But you have to remember. So let's t- let's take a step back here. So in New York City, there was about thirty six percent of registered voters turned out versus fifty three percent of registered voters in the rest of the state. So New York City actually like massively underperformed in terms of voter turnout. But 68 percent of Democrats are in New York City, 68 percent of registered voters in New York City are Democrats. So you start with a 70 percent voter registration advantage and then you look at Republicans and there's only 10 percent of registered voters in New York City are Republicans. So you have to take all of these different factors into consideration. So the fact that Lee Zeldin, who is a Trump-supporting, election-denying, anti-choice, anti-gun control Republican, got 30 percent of the vote in New York City, where only 10 percent of registered voters are Republican, was a big deal for him. Where Lee Zeldin actually lost his footing was in upstate New York, which is something we had been talking about. I talked about it in my column. We talked about it on the show a little bit. He needed to get about 15 percent, plus 15 percent turnout on Long Island, which he actually did. He did plus 17 in Suffolk County and plus 11 in Nassau County, which is crazy when you compare it to the last 20 years of what Democrats have done in Suffolk and Nassau. But in upstate New York, he was able to hang on. He didn't get the percentage he needed. And when you actually look at the math, where he really lost it was Westchester County. In Westchester County, it was about plus 18 percent for Hopal. And Westchester County acts generally a lot like Nassau. They elect Republican county executives. They elect Democratic county executives. They are wave counties. But my feeling is that neither Hopal nor Zeldin paid that much attention to Westchester County. Neither of them had robust operations on the ground. And Westchester County went as it had in the last couple of cycles. And so when I look at the numbers, the real game here came down to Westchester, and that was where it was. So where, where are we with the state Senate and the state assembly? Do they still have a super priority? Super majority. Majority. So, 
So that's that's still up in the air. They've got Mannion up in up in uh, central New York and they've got a New York City race where they're still counting votes. It looks like it's going to be it's going to be right on the cusp. It could end up being 39. It could end up being 40. So it's unclear and we won't know for a few weeks. Um, but they obviously had big gains on the Republican side in Long Island, but they were off, they were able to offset it with a couple of different seats in upstate New York. But I think the big story coming out of New York was the congressional, where you had five seats that are going to go from Democrat to Republican. And obviously, you've got national commentators speculating pretty early that the House could flip just based on what happened in New York. And so you see a lot of finger pointing already of whose fault. And, and that's the, the first happened. thing Anthony Weiner said to me. That the the house is flipping based on just New York State, and New York State, and New York State was the one state where the redistricting was thrown out as pure gerrymandering, and a special master recreated the districts to make them more competitive. When there's honesty, well, well, who the, knows? The, but, the but, chief but judge, is, that is the, the key chief fact. judge, was so honest they, 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 forced, they, they forced her, her out. Absolutely, is but, that well. Give me your, well, give me your gut feeling about that, my comment. No, so I look, I don't think that you're wrong. I mean, in New York, as we all remember, and the people that are in that room know better than I do, Ed Koch was on a long crusade for years and years to get rid of gerrymandering, made everyone sign a pledge in order to get his support. This really came to a head in 2010, 2011. And then um, in 2013, 2014, the legislature and Governor Cuomo passed this anti-gerrymandering law, which then they put into the Constitution, which meant it had to be voted on by the people of the state of New York. And so the people of the state of New York voted resoundingly at 58 percent, saying we do not want gerrymandering allowed in New York. And they set up this process where it has to be an independent commission. And if it fails twice, then it goes to the legislature. So this year, the legislature went to go do the lines. The independent commission failed once. And then they gave it to the legislature. The legislature then drew their own lines. So they went outside the process that was outlined in the state constitution. And then the Republicans, and now we know that Ron Lauder was behind financially backing this suit, challenged this. And by the way, they had good government groups. The League of Conservation Voters did an amicus brief with them. So this wasn't just a part they of were ab- Melissa, it's Richard Weber. They were absolutely correct attacking yeah. it on the law. They failed to do yep. what they had to do under that constitutional amendment. Yep. And now what you're seeing is a lot of far left Democrats around the country saying if only New York had gerrymandered, the court was should have acted more politically. Well, was Janice e. Fiore too far to the right? Why didn't they do what they needed to do? They followed the Constitution, which, by the way, was set by the will of the people. And so I just think it's such a ridiculous scapegoat to say because the court didn't act politically and outside the bounds of the Constitution, they're somehow to blame. And then on the other hand, you look at where Hochul did really poorly, which is in Long Island. She lost 17 percent in Suffolk, 11 percent in Nassau. You lost two of the five congressional races there. That's not about maps. I mean, that's math. There was no way to make up those numbers when the top of the ticket does that poorly. So I just think it's, it's a lot of scapegoating and finger pointing. And at the end of the day, I think that people need to look in the mirror. We've got a minute left. What else do you want to tell all New Yorkers? Um, I think that out of this election, we learned that local politics is local and that regardless of what's happening at the national level, what's happening on the ground is most important. And I think that's what New Yorkers told their elected officials. And I think you're going to see a lot more engagement on crime and a lot more engagement on the economy. And if that's what comes out of this, it was all for the best. 
Melissa DeRosa, thank you so much for everything you've done for our our city, our state, and uh, thank you for speaking out for the truth. Thank you so much. Great to talk, guys. Bye. Thank you. And uh, we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, uh, we have Senator Alphonse D'Amato, and I'm sure he has a few good things to say. Let's take that break. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.